Welcome to Front Porch Theology. I am your guest and your host. I am all of it today, Jeremy Barry, because, well, I'm I'm uh, I'm here alone. Well, I got Baker with me, but uh, Heather is out sick. We need to be praying for her. She's not feeling well. But oh, Willie, Will on the other hand's doing a little pastoral trip to Colorado, which has decided that we're going to talk about something very specific. How much a pastor should get paid? Actually, this is a question you all sent in, and I thought it was such a good question. I was like, you know what? Um, I think I think this deserves an entire um, podcast because this is – I find it interesting, and I think I started finding this super interesting. One time a Mormon came to the house, right, and he didn't know I was a pastor, um, and they were trying to sell me on the Mormon church. And the way they tried to do this – and this is a technique that's done in this region, mind you. He said to me, uh, Jeremy – the reason you should come to the Mormon church is, and he gave me one of his reasons, we don't pay our pastors. Our pastors are volunteer. And he thought that would land with me. And the reason why he thought it would land with me is um, because there's a lot of conflict between people and pastors about pay. There's this question about their motive. The only reason they're doing what they do is uh, because they get paid. And this is this is just... I, I think I thought it was so interesting then, and I think the topic's so fascinating because I've seen this a lot, and I've actually heard it from people that are not Mormons coming to my door. But you know, uh, other you know past or other Protestants, uh, other people in the region who would consider themselves um, Christians who raise that same question: How is it that you get paid? Why should you get paid? Uh, and and there's I think oftentimes not only a neglect of scripture on this topic, but I think in the past there's been neglect of wisdom. Um, but I don't, I don't want to say this. It's not that the that the accusation I think is unfounded that pastors or some pastors do what they do out of money. And so let, let's let's start with there. First thing you see as a requirement, or one of the first things you see as a requirement of being a pastor in First Timothy chapter three. Not that you simply desire to be a pastor, but that you can't be a lover of money. Now, I do think that's fascinating. Um, now, that, that that's not to say that Paul was telling Timothy, listen, if people are going to be pastors, they sh- they shouldn't love or want money; they should neglect it. Rather, they need to make sure that they are wise with the people they're pastoring, and they're not uh, wielding their authority to get rich. There's a difference between being a lover of money and being someone who is obsessed with it, someone who is um, who who uh, is worshiping it and making an idol of it. Uh, Paul actually talks quite a bit about needing money and finances so that he can do what he's doing, and we'll, we can get to that in a minute. But one of the um, I. I I think the reason why um, I was now I used to not give when I was a member of a particular church. It was many years ago. Uh, I was very skeptical on giving, and part of it was I questioned the need. Right? I said, "Listen, a lot of other people are giving. I know the pastor's being taken care of. Right? I know that. So why why do they need my money? In fact, I'm I'm not making a whole lot." Funny, I was making more then than I am now, uh, but I, I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, they they don't need my money, um, but it came down to a, a, a trust issue, and, and really, I had no reason to distrust the pastor. The pastor was a, a wonderful man, I'm still pastoring today, and he's just a just a kind guy. I was I was in deep sin. Now I had a, a, a wrong presupposition. Right, my presupposition was this: that if you love something, then right, you should do it for free. 
Or maybe another way, if you get money, now your motive has been sullied, right? Your, your motive has been sullied by the, the, the green dollar. And that's not, it, it's so funny because I don't think we hold that position so broadly as we do in, in other occupations. So my wife is a nurse, right? She gets paid. She loves what she does. She has to love what she does. She does labor and delivery. She literally deals with screaming women and babies all day long, right? I like I can't imagine doing what she does. She has to love it. Now she does get paid well, but but she loves what she does despite getting paid well. You, the meaning that you can still get paid for something you love to do, and we we understand that, right? An artist can love to paint and get paid for it, and it doesn't solely his motive for painting. He can love to paint because he loves to paint. Teachers, I think, are the best example. And I say that because everyone agrees. Well, not everyone. There's been some Congress people that have been removed from office because they disagreed with this. But some teachers, or most people say the teachers should get paid more. Right? You don't, they, don't get, they don't get paid very much. I was a teacher making, um, you know, well, when I started teaching, I was making $20,000, right? $20,000, and I made it all the way up to thirty. dollars Cha-ching, baby, cha-ching. And one of the... Uh, <laughs> uh, now, was did I not love teaching because of uh, how much I was getting paid? Did I, did, I love, did I love teaching less when I got a pay raise? And so we... It, it's somewhat... I, listen, I don't think most people... Um, believe that about teachers. I think they say teachers should get paid more. They, they do it because they love it. But when it comes to pastors, all of a sudden, we start questioning the motive when they get, when they get money. Um, and I think there's a good reason why. Okay, So I, I, think it's, I think it's not always wrong to do that. So for example, in the medieval period, right? Um, obviously, uh, the Catholic Church, when they were in their height of glory and power, um, I know in England at least the Archbishop, um, or not the Archbishop, the one of the bishops uh, in England had more money and land than the King himself, than Henry VIII, which became an issue. By the way, he ended up being uh, murdered uh, partly because of that. But uh, he, the Church, right, it, people were starting to go into clergy to make money. They would sell seats of clergy because it was incredibly profitable. And this was high, this was done a lot in the medieval period. So, you know, do I want to be a lawyer or, you know, if I become a if I become a uh, you know, a, a priest somewhere, I could make a killing. May not be able to get married, but man, I could make a killing. And so I think that's I don't think that's where it began. I think it begins in the heart, the the issue of of money and pastors, but um, I think a really healthy tradition of being skeptical of pastors and money um, has a good root in that in that time period because that was something that was brought up to the uh, to many people. Hey, you know these these priests are making a ton of money; they're making a killing, and here I am struggling. I'm starving, and you know they own multiple homes and properties and wearing gold. Got the you know they got all the bling that they're sporting around. You know Heidelberg. Uh, so. I, you know, I, I understand that, right? And I think there's some wisdom that we're going to come back to when it comes to that. But the, uh, I think you see, especially in the American church, something pretty similar. I think you see, now they may not have the, um, 
all the cars and or excuse me, all the bling. They probably they definitely have more cars than those people in the medieval period. But all the bling and the property that that maybe they had, probably not the wealth that the the medieval some of the medieval priests had some. But you definitely have pastors who that pastoring is a good business. Like it's a really good business. Like their houses are just their mansions, and they have multiple cars. But then we have to ask the question: Is wealth bad? Now, can wealth influence and, mo- and and change the motive of a pastor? Without question, they're human beings, right? It's it is possible. If I if I become super wealthy, um, maybe and 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 I'm and I'm being attractional, and by being attractional, I'm getting more money. Maybe I become more attractional, so I can f- you know fill my purse, right? My, <clears throat> my man purse, my purse. Um, so maybe maybe that's what I do um, to you know to. I change my technique, but no. But the issue isn't wealth of itself, right? It's because the the pastoral figure had a love of money. He made an idol of it, and that's what that's what can disqualify a pastor. So, not making money doesn't disqualify a pastor, but rather, um, loving money, making it an idol. And so, I think that. For many, they see the American church. They see the attractional aspect of many of, of of these churches, and and I think also they hear you know a lot of health and wealth preachers, right? You know, you know, sow your seed, and I, I've never been to one of these. I've only seen them on the YouTube. But you know, sow your seed and get yourself some extra cash. God will reward you for your faithfulness. You know that that slimy oil salesman figures. You know the the uh, was it cope. Not Copeland. Is it Copeland Baker? Yeah. What's his first name? Kenneth, Kenneth Copeland. Um, Kenneth Copeland, who talked about his jet. You should go. Listen, I would never. He did an interview. Someone caught him at the airport. Who was that? Oh, man. Go look up Kenneth Copeland interview. Um, I feel like I should be like uh, like Joe Rogan. Jamie, go ahead and pull it up for me. Joe, go, Jamie, pull it up. I'm just kidding. Um, but no, there, there's Ken. Uh, I want to say it was uh, like, I don't know, some, some of the, one of those celebrity shows goes to Kenneth Copeland and says, hey, um, you know, you, you bought a jet. And he, and he says that Tyler Perry made an offer for me that was too good to refuse. I had to buy it, you know, and he bought himself a private jet. This is now, look, uh, I think he pastors a church. I'm pretty sure he does. Um, but he's he's a he's a he's a snake, right? He is. He's a snake. And he he invents up uh, these demonic doctrines to uh, line his pockets. And, and that's really, really clear. He, when he preaches on money, he twists scripture. And I think one of the, one of the things you can look at if, if a pastor is maybe guilty of this um, is to say, okay, is he twisting scripture in order to make you give? Is he guilty? I wouldn't even say this. If he, is he guilting you to give? Now, some of that may be you feeling guilty that you don't. So you got to be careful with that one. But is, is someone twisting scripture um, in order to uh, make you want to give your money or, or somehow twisting the word of God. And so uh, like Kenneth Copeland, like, uh, oh, Creflo Dollar. Now listen, if someone changes, his no way his last name is Dollar. But listen, if your last name, if someone's name is Creflo Dollar, right? If your last name is Dollar, then then I think you should, there's an issue. Change, like, that, that's probably a red flag um, if your pastor changes his name to Creflo Dollar. Um, anywho, Point being is that I think what determines um, uh, you you can you can see if a pastor is twisting scripture in order to promote his own financial gain. Um, but do I have an issue with pastors who write books who become wealthy? No, I, not not really. Um, I I don't see 
I don't necessarily see the problem with that at all. Uh, I know, you know, Will has become Mr. Moneybags after his book. I'm somewhat, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know much how much he's made, and he he used all of his proceeds to uh, take me out to Mexican the other day, so he's back at zero. Um, great book, by the way, if you haven't gotten it yet. Um, and no, I don't get a kickback. I don't really get a kickback. But if you want to learn more about Will's upbringing and his grandpa, in fact, this show's been brought to you by, I, what's the name of his book? <laughs> That's the best one I've ever read. Um, a rural mission, yeah, it's really it's a it's a good book. Um, but anyways, the, yeah, if someone if someone makes money off of, of some labor they've done, like a book or, or something of like that, it, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Um, it, it scripture tells you to pay wages what who who wages are due, right? You you are to pay someone. So if if someone if I'm a pastor and I have a book, you say no, I'm I'm gonna you know I want to make money off my labor here. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, now, again, if the issue is, if there's evidence of someone being making money an idol, that's where it becomes problematic. Um, but, but you know, money in of itself isn't a bad thing. I mean, Solomon, David, these were people that God made rich. That God gifted them with money um, and, and made them incredible. Now, they, you know, they, they praise the Lord for all of, the, all of that, you know, all those gifts, as they should. So sometimes I think pastors get a bad rap. By the way, I am not a pastor who's written a book. I am working on a board game that I will never make money off of, but uh, I will lose money off of. Um, but I, I am I am not a pastor who, uh, I think I make thirty four or 35000 somewhere around there, a year. I say that. I, open, I'm, I try to be open about that because I do think that... Um, I do think pastors should be open about their finances. I think I think it's a good and healthy thing. I think it I think it teaches being vulnerable. You're not hiding something, especially in a culture where pastors' motives are highly questioned as it pertains to money. Now, I think here's the wisdom: in it. if you are a pastor and you're not writing books, you're not making board games that are just flying off the shelves. Your church is paying you. A couple of things should probably dictate your pay. Number one should be the obviously how how much you work, right? If you're full time, part time, that sort of thing. Um, the size of your congregation should probably play a role in this, um, because you know the bigger a, a bigger um, congregation will you know means you're probably going to be a little busier. Um, but also, what should play a role, and this is just a wisdom thing. This isn't anything. I mean, this is just me. You know, this is the me, right, Jeremy, and in, in my opinion, right. This scripture doesn't mention anything about this, but I think a a good rule, of, uh, a, a wise rule, is that you shouldn't be paid more, um, or much more than the average person in your community. So, uh, if 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 you live in an incredibly poor poor area, I don't think it's wise that you drive around in a Lamborghini. Right, that your uh, that your church that ninety percent of the pay uh, of what the church gives goes to you. I don't think that's a a healthy uh, model. Um, if uh, and I say that because people are sacrificing, people are giving of themselves, um, and I think if it, that we should right in some ways mirror the community we live in. Um, I think I think that's part of I think that causes a lot of conflict, and that's what partly what did in the medieval period, right? You have these people who are really poor, who had the tithe in order to go to heaven. Uh, at least that's what they were told, and they and then they see these priests living up 
you know, in, in these beautiful houses. So I think something, a word of wisdom, if I could, if I think, uh, say to any pastors, is that you don't want to make much more than than to the people you're pastoring. It, I don't think that looks good. I think that starts. Now, whether or not your motive is bad or not, it, it definitely gives the image. And and given that we are called to be above reproach, I think that is, uh, you know, that should that should weigh into the factor how much you should get paid. Um, I know at New Heights we have we we try to keep the budget for um, uh, for payroll. Of course, that doesn't all go to pastors, but to at a at a at a not a majority percentage, right? So we try to our goal is to get it at thirty three, and I think that that's a worthwhile goal. But there's some people who want to argue the pastors should not get paid. They they'll make mention, hey Paul, Paul made tents. Jeremy, how come you're not making any tents? Well, um, for this is actually be the first year I, I'm not technically bivocational, um, not yet at least. Well, I, I homeschool my kids, but I don't get paid for that. But that is a job to itself. Um, but he didn't have to, right? This, this or, excuse me, not that he didn't have to. He did have to, but it's not. It's not um, something that he wanted to do. Uh, it's not something he looked forward to doing. He was. It was. Uh, he did it because he because uh, he had to. In fact, if if you read First Corinthians nine, right, you can see where he's talking about you shouldn't muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. This is quoting from the Old Testament uh, about how pastors. Uh, should make a living off the spiritual work they do. Counseling, shepherding, these things take time. It's, it's, it's not as if, and I think, again, maybe this is probably part of the misconception, that part of what a pastor does is uh, just all he does is work on a sermon. Now, that may be all Will does. No, I'm just kidding. Will, you know, but honestly, Will and I probably spend, I don't know how much he spends, I probably spend about eight hours on a sermon that I write. Um, but... Other than that, whether it's counseling, whether it's shepherding, whether it's checking up on people, whether it's um, whether whether it's administrative stuff that I that I don't want to do or like to do um, for the local church, whether it's I mean we there there are whether it's clean the church, um, which no one likes to do. Uh, I, I remember like we had a cleaning team, right? And and I <laughs> I think uh, I had a lot of people sign up for the cleaning team. You remember this, Baker? But no one actually ever cleaned the church. So then it was like, okay, well that falls on me, right? I, that that partly that's what I feel like I get paid to do. If if volunteers don't do something, like all right, well I'm there. Um, but I think I think people would be surprised how often some would be surprised. I think some people know um, how hard pastors work. Uh, some pastors, some pastors are super lazy. I had a guy once tell me that um, he's since changed his tune. In fact, he oh, I talked to him about this years later, and he said it was one of the stupidest things he ever said. But that uh, he had an easy gig coming where he's going to be able to be a pastor. Well, he soon found out this is not it's not an easy gig um, at all. Um, it's it's why the first requirement in First Timothy is you have to desire it. So anyways, yeah, you have Paul in First Corinthians 9, 9 through 14. Go read it, right? It, he makes it very clear, hey, man, you should be able to reap with what you sow. Um, like, you you know, other people can make a living based off what they can do. Why shouldn't why shouldn't a pastor? So Paul makes tents, but not because he, uh, not because he necessarily wanted to, um, but, they, but that a congregation should pay a pastor a fair wage. 
um, especially given the expectations oftentimes pastors do have. And I'm, listen, you're not going to hear me, comp- this isn't me complaining, this isn't me playing some small little fiddle, being like, oh, woe is me, how hard I have it. I love what I do, I love my job, um, and I, 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 you know, I can't imagine doing anything else right now. But, uh, but that's not to say that, there, that it's not a job that requires a lot of labor, that a job that requires a lot of time. A lot of, uh, you know, you know, may, maybe not, maybe not. Fi- I wish it required sometimes more physical activity, um, but definitely uh, emotional. Um, uh, at least for, as far as my part, uh, what I do for for the church for the most part, uh, a lot of emotional uh, energy. So yeah, I, I, w- I would I would argue, given Luke ten, um, the idea of of you know. A, a laborer deserves his wages. What Paul says in First Corinthians nine: Hey, you should pay pastors. You know that's um, that's something else. Second so Thessalonians three seven through ten is another really interesting one that I encourage you to uh, go read. He Paul actually says, "Listen, we didn't take money from you, not because we didn't have the right to take money from you. We didn't take money from you um, uh, in essence because." Because we didn't want you thinking that we were that we were lazy. We didn't want you think we worked beside you. We 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 could and should have. We had the right to receive compensation for our pastoral work, but we we chose to give it up, and probably because of the skepticism that existed in uh, in Thessalonica and I believe Corinth at the time. So. So that that there it wasn't uh, it wasn't an ideal. That's when he was making tents, right? This wasn't an ideal situation, which is what Paul clearly states in Second Thessalonians three, right? This is not an ideal situation. We did what we had to, um, so yeah, he's he's making it clear to them. Now, um, the the question gets a little more interesting. The one that was submitted, right? How much should pastors be paid, uh, and how should they be paid? Now that that's that second one is a little more interesting. Now, how much should pastors be paid? I think we answered it. Well, first off, should they be paid? Yes. How much they should be paid? That really di- that's dependent on you know your position, your hours worked, and I and I would say my my little wisdom, my little tidbit of wisdom is the community that they live in should play a role in that. Uh, by the way, we, there was a missionary I knew in China who got paid by the International Mission Board a lot more than the average person in the community that he was reaching. And um, he knew that if they found out, he would lose credibility. Uh, and I thought that would, so they, they kind of had, you know, they, they took a lot of the extra money they had and they, they did give it away um, so they could live like the people around them because that was so... That was so important um, to be able to reach them, and I don't think that's a China thing. Okay, I think that's a, I think that's a, um, a human thing. I think when you see somebody who is, and money can make you out of touch with the common plight of people, that when that happens, it's hard to live to understand someone's position, uh, someone's frustrations, and and reach them where they're at if you're not actually where they're at. Um, so, uh, the second part of this is, I think, a lot more interesting, Baker. How should they be paid? Money being supplied with things such as a place of living food, health care. So the question is, should the church write me a check or should they say, hey, here's your house. We'll stock it with food every week. Um, we will. We have your health care. Um, either pay me uh, at a house nearby or get me a car so I can travel. 
Basically, not everything I want, but everything I need for the job. Now, if that were the case, the church would have to pay me a lot more. And so, for New Heights circumstance, I would say, uh, no, pay me with money because if you had to pay the rest of that, it would it would be more than thirty five thousand or whatever it is I get paid. Um, so you so for the sake of our church, so I would say this really goes. The scripture does not give a clear definition of this, right? It does not say this is how you to be paid. So I think this this falls biblically speaking. This falls to the local church. So I wouldn't mind. Listen, if the church ever said, Jeremy, we'll pay health care for your your family of four or any more that you have. Uh, wink, wink, Julie. Um, uh, we'll pay for uh, you know food, um, utilities. You know, as I mentioned healthcare, home, whatever. Um, it would end up being more than what you're paying now. But if if that was ever offered to me, I'd take it in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, I would take it. You pay. You'll pay. Yeah, I have nothing to worry about except for my work. What that means, by the way. Um, and let me tell you why I like that so much. That means my wife would like if she, if she wanted to work, which she wouldn't have to work, but if she wanted to work, that'd be all money in the bank, right? She could literally just, you know, we could store it away. And oh, by the way, I'm assuming, assuming retirement would be into that. So these are these are things that I'm I'm, I'm about to start getting retirement, which is good um, at 38. Uh, so <laughs> with that being said, I would prefer that. But the, our local church couldn't afford that, right? That's just not feasible. Um, so the, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not against that. But I think that really just falls to that local church, right? What the local church would want to do, because Scripture does not um, give a clear, a you know, uh, exhortation on how to pay, how much to pay pastors. It just doesn't. They're fair wage, um, and and you know, to, to take care of them. Now I'm taking care of, I think, I think that's true. Right. I, and I, I would say the same thing for Will. Um, I've been a bivocational pastor, not necessarily out of need, out of, out of, because I love teaching. I love teaching government. So like, I've never, there was never a day where I was like, man, I, we just can't survive. That's just, that hasn't been the case at all. And so I'm, I'm deeply blessed. And, um, of course I was paid for a long time, uh, by, uh, the North American mission board. So, uh, up until recently, st- still NAM pays a part of my uh, salaries the way it works here at our church. So I'm still partially paid by NAM. I think about half of it or something like that. Um, if if Will would hear, he would know because I don't know any of this financial stuff. Uh, but for a long time, churches, other churches around the country paid me to pastor New Heights Church, which I think is beautiful. And by the way, you see that in Second Corinthians uh Paul being like, hey, um, actually at the end of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, hey guys, uh, this church here in Jerusalem really needs help. You've been gifted with wealth. Help them, right? Help help pay their needs. Um, help pay what they, what, um, they uh, has fallen short in that local church. And so you see that. Um, that's, a, that's a biblical model. It's a beautiful model. And it's something I'm deeply thankful for that other churches around the world uh, said, you know what, we value this guy that we never met because we value the people of West Virginia and we'll pay him uh, to to pastor these people, these other saints. And I think that's a beautiful thing, right? It's thinking beyond yourself. Um, so, by the way, that's why we still do that. Uh, we, we try to... Another question I get a lot about pastoral pay is do pastors tithe? 
Um, the answer is they better. They better tithe, right? They better give sacrificially. If not, then there's a major issue. Um, pastors ought to be giving their money, right? They ought to be giving money to the local church. Uh, as if, if not only because they're commanded to do so by God, but also because they're, they they ought to be above reproach by, by uh, from being a lover of money, but also a good example of what they're expecting members in their church to do. Now I know pastors who don't tithe, and I think that's I think that's a shame. And and let me say, without being a Pharisee, I think I think that's I think that's sinful. Um, the Lord commands us to do so. To, to give sacrificially, not not necessarily to tithe. Tithe is an Old Testament thing where that required people to give up to 30%, not just 10, but it was a tithe, multiple tithes, that ended up being over 30%. And we could go into that another time, but um, your, uh, but yes, pastors should give sacrificially based off what uh, they've been paid. Um, a whole different topic, Baker, that I'm not going to get in today is should we, uh, do we give based off what, we get before the government gets their cut or after the government gets their cut? That's a whole different question. And if you want to hear me talk about that, well, you can submit, hey, say, hey, I want to know more about this. Should I be giving more? Can I get away with giving less? <laughs> Hopefully you don't think that way. But um, yeah, hey, I want to thank you for your question. Uh, and I, I love that topic. And I love the topic because not only because it allows me to talk about money, but actually it allows me to talk about my own uh my own struggle with with money in the church for a long time where I used to hide my wife's checkbook so she couldn't give to the church because it was a lack of trust. And part of it is I didn't know what the pastor did. I didn't know what scripture commanded of me. I didn't know what the scripture commanded uh, of, of the local congregation to pastors to take care of them. And um, yeah, so really uh, some, some fascinating, um, a fascinating question and one that gets a lot of people riled up. We had of course, famously, one of our pastors, or he's not a pastor here anymore, um, but he's still pastoring, get cornered in the uh, parking lot by a fella because he talked about money. Um, and it's a, it's a topic that can really upset people. And let me just say, if you found yourself upset by this, you may, you may have made money an idol. Um, so with that being said, listen to Paul. Uh if, if you're not at New Heights Church, care for your pastor. Um, you know, and I, and if you, are, if you are at New Heights Church, I think you should care for your pastors too. <laughs> uh, I say that, obviously, maybe a little selfishly, but um, listen, I, I, it is, I find what I get to do. I, I'm not kidding. At staff meeting and when I pray daily, I, get, I thank God for what I get to be able to do. It is truly a blessing. Um, and, and, and I mean that it's not that it's not heartbreaking or deeply frustrating at times. It's more frustrating when I'm trying to do everything myself, meaning I think I can change people's hearts and minds to get them to do things they don't want to do. That's when my job is most frustrating. Um, but, uh, when oftentimes I'm, I'm just doing what I'm called to do and what I mean by that, what scripture says a pastor should do, my job is far more enjoyable and it's, and it's a, and it's an honor to be able to do it. So with that being said, I want to thank you for listening to front porch theology. I'm not sure what, 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 what's our time? Are we doing good? Look at this. When it's just me, when it's just me, there's no awkward jokes. They're all funny jokes and, and we are leaving on time. Good job, me. Good job. All right, guys. Have a wonderful day, and peace be with you.